to have need in their body. We pray for this grandbaby, Lord, your protective hand to be upon her. And that, Lord, we will hear the news, Lord God, that everything is okay. And, Lord, I just pray, Father God, for those that are in the valley, Lord God, of grief. I just pray, God, that you would continue to strengthen and encourage them, Lord. Give them your grace. Speak to them, Lord God, in those areas, Lord. I ask in Jesus' name tonight for the touch of your spirit, for the anointing of healing, Lord, to spring forth in this house. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight. Andrew, come on up. Thank you, worship team, this evening. And she's coming up just before she gets started. A couple of quick announcements. I just want to say thank you to all the men who came out and helped us uh, take care of some stuff on Monday. Uh, Pain to Purpose class is taking place right now. If you want to slip on over uh, next door, room 300. Also, uh, Jesse is moving apartments on Saturday. If there's any able bodies uh, with pickups, uh, or if you're just an able body, be here at the church at 9:30. Uh, she's got a she's got a, a two-bedroom apartment. She needs to move on the other side of town. And I'll save the rest of the announcements for the end. And so, Andrea, go ahead and kick us off, and we'll go from here. All right. Glad you're here tonight. How many of y'all ready to keep going with Ruth? How many of y'all read Ruth? I never want to look. I just believe that 100% of the people raised their hand. Oh, we got one over here. Ruth Readers, all right. Oh, we got some more. Good deal. Look at y'all. Oh, you read, okay. Amazing. I mean, it's only four chapters, right? But I'm, <laughs> you're like, don't be downing what I did. How many of you know we are all called as children of God to move from strength to strength, from faith to faith, and from glory to glory. From strength to strength, from faith to faith, and from glory to glory. Let's just think about that for a sec. Gr strength to strength. Faith, more faith. From glory to glory. That's the plan of God for us, to, that we are constantly moving forward in the things of God and not diminishing as a people, not diminishing in our experiences of the Lord. I love talking to people before service. I mean, Renee over here, she just got a miracle, miracle in her body entirely. If you don't believe it, let her show you the picture of her back surgery. I mean, God touched her. I was talking to Theta before service, telling me about how God healed her when her daughters were little girls. Told, she was on a deathbed. God just walked in the room and healed her, and she got up and strength to strength, faith to faith, glory to glory. That's how we're supposed to move, strength to strength, faith to faith, and glory to glory. We see in the, in the book of Ruth, though, the circumstances were just not that way. They weren't moving from strength to strength. They weren't moving from faith to faith, nor were they moving from glory to glory. What we're seeing there is we're seeing an undoing of strength, an undoing of faith, and an undoing of glory. So we know instantly when we jump into the narrative of Ruth <clears throat> that something is not as it should be. And we have options. Either God has done something wrong, he's failed. That's our first option. Or the participants in the story are failing. 
So we're looking, we're looking at that situation and we're going, well, see, what is it? I love to read Ruth and I always imagine a rabbi standing or sitting or probably standing, I don't know, sitting, whatever you want. And all the kids are out there and he's teaching Torah. And he's pulling up the scroll of Ruth and he's beginning to unfurl it and beginning to teach the children about this family that lived in the time of the judges when the judges ruled and he's telling them about the famine that was in the land <clears throat> and then he tells them <clears throat> about this man named Elimelech who chose in the midst of this circumstance that wasn't a strength to strength circumstance because famine is not a part of what the blessing of God was supposed to produce in the promised land was it it's not a strength-to-strength strength scenario. It's not a faith-to-faith faith scenario. It's not a glory-to-glory glory scenario. The judges are ruling. It's a dark time in Israel's history. And this, this family has chosen to go to Moab. And all the children go, <gasps> See, we just hear the story and we go, Moab, it's like moving to commerce. Just kidding, is there people from commerce? That's, that sounded bad. It was so, actually, it was 75 miles away. It's like moving to Paris, the bad one, you know, the one that's not French at all. But we see that they've moved to Moab. But see, those children, they would have all known this was a bad move because Deuteronomy said that you should never go back the way you have come. That, and so all those kids know we've got a bad circumstance. We've got a situation that is just not going the way it should because the broad view of the judge's ruling, it narrows down and drills down to this one specific family. And we find out that this specific people, they were a covenant people. They were supposed to be in one place with one result. Strength to strength, faith to faith, and glory to glory. They're supposed to be there in this one place, but rather they are operating through distortion, a ridiculous distortion due to circumstance. I know none of us have ever distorted our promises and started living out a narrative that was a distortion from what the Word of God had promised us because we were subjugating ourselves to our circumstances. No. I mean, I know y'all wouldn't. Y'all all read the book of Ruth. So as we look at this, we understand that this circumstance is not a great time. Famine triggered a voluntary exile from this family. And then 10 years and three funerals later, we feel the gravity of the situation. But what does Naomi ultimately feel about this? And this is the culminating scripture. It is. Ruth, I'll read it off my screen. Ruth 1, 20 and 21 sums it all up. As Naomi walks back into town, she says this. Do not call me Naomi, she told them. Naomi means pleasant. Call me Mara, since Shaddai has made my life bitter. Bitter. 
I went away full, but Adonai has brought me back empty. Why should you call me Naomi or Pleasant, since Adonai has testified against me and Shaddai has brought calamity on me? Now, right here, we have to resist the urge. We have to resist the urge to say, she had it all wrong. That wouldn't, God didn't do that. God didn't do that. This would fit well in a Western church grace message. God didn't do that. Although, the reality is, is if we look deep into the text, we find out that Naomi said, I came out full, but I've come back empty. So we, it begs the question, why did you leave, Naomi, if you were full? Because things in one circumstance can seem like there's something else. But when you get real empty, you realize how full you were. I, has, have anybody ever been there in their life? You thought it was junk until you got to junk, and then you said, now I know what junk is. I know. See, this is what circum, circumstance lies circumstance here's a here's a you can write this down and circle it and read it every day my circumstances cannot create god my feelings cannot create god now what does that even mean we get into a circumstance and we get into our feels right and then all of a sudden we start adjusting what we should or shouldn't do. We start modifying what God allows or disallows based on our circumstantial narrative. So what we start doing is crafting a God out of our circumstances to meet what we feel is our present need, and we go from strength to not strength, from faith to not faith, and from glory to inglorious. And then we look back and say, I thought I was empty there. I didn't know empty. Actually, I'm beginning to think even in the midst of my struggle with God, I was more full in a struggle with God than I have ever been in in this empty place without God. That's what circumstance will do to us. But the text starts to move a little bit. The narrative moves from circumstance to choice. Let's look here in Ruth 1. I want to begin reading in verse 6. And just to back up, something Andrew has stated. See, we can't allow circumstance to define our theology. In other words, our understanding of God. God needs, he defined himself in the word of God. He defined himself. He's not going to reconcile to us. We've got to get that in our spirit. 
We don't want him to. We want to reconcile to him. We don't want him to come down. He want, we want him to lift us up. Are you hearing me? We need this in the day we're living right now. We need to know that the circumstances around us are not going to determine. We're not going to shift gears, folks. And we're not going to go fads and fashions. We're going to stick to, the, stick to God's definition of himself. Now, as we look at this, I want you to, I want you to look at Ruth 1. And I'll begin reading here in verse 6 as we pick up where we left off last week. And I'm going to go down to, to verse 18. It says, She got up, she got up with her daughter in law, daughters in law, to return to the land of Moab. For the land of Moab, uh, for in the land of Moab, she had heard that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. She set out from the place where she had been with her two daughters in law. And they went on their way to return to the land of Judah. Now, verse 8. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with your deceased husbands and me. May the Lord grant to each of you rest or find rest in the house of another husband. Then she kissed them. She raised their and they raised their voices, wept aloud. And they said to her, We will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why would you go with me? Are there sons in my womb? Who could become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, that I could have a husband tonight and give birth to sons. Would you wait until they are grown? Would you refrain from getting married? No, my daughters. It is much more bitter for me than for you, for the hand of the Lord has turned against me. Then they, then they raised their voices, wept aloud once more. Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law has returned to her people, and her gods return with her. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or to turn back from following you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you stay, I will stay. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be married. Buried. <laughs> May the Lord do thus to me and worse, if anything but death separates from me. You and me. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. <laughs> now, tonight we want to discuss a gift that God has given each one of us. It does not belong to the devil, so stop blaming him. It doesn't belong to any other person, so they're not to blame. In fact, it is something that circumstance cannot even determine for you. It is the one thing that you have that doesn't even belong to God. You say, what could that be? Because the body I live in, I have to credit to Him. The air that I breathe and my health, I have to credit to Him. All the, my house, the roof over my head, I have to credit to Him. What is the one thing that belongs to me that does not belong to God? Nor to the devil, nor to any other person my choice our choice our choice is 
proprietary. It's proprietary. In other words, it's ours. Proprietary literally means this, one that possesses, owns, and holds the exclusive right to something. That's what it means to be, you, God has given you proprietary rights to your choice. He has. Now you say, preacher, there's a lot of things that have happened to me that were not my choice. Yes, there may have been. Has happened to many. There are things that have happened that, that, that we look at and we had nothing to do with it. The loss of innocence as a child. We, we lose someone that we love dearly. We, a, a spouse decides that they're no longer in love and they're stepping out and going and finding greener pastures. There are things that happen in life that are real, that we have nothing to do with. But what we do have is proprietary on our choice as how we respond to the circumstance. It doesn't mean that we're not going to feel the pain. It doesn't mean that we're not going to feel the shame. It doesn't mean that those things are not going to affect us. But how will we respond? See, I'm not responsible for your response. I'm only responsible for my response. So we look here at the book of Ruth, and we're gonna, tonight we're going to just begin to unpack and unfold the, uh, the choices that we have. And see, our choices have brought us to where we are now. And our choices will carry us where we need to go. How we respond to circumstances and how... See, there are those of you that followed your grandkids to Greenville, Texas area. I understand that. You're here tonight because you made a choice. I'm, I'm going to follow them. Some of you are here because you, you have chosen to follow. A job has opened up and you chose to be there. There are those that you are in this house tonight because you chose. When you got up tonight, you finished work, you decided after supper, I'm going to the house of the Lord. And you chose, to, you made a choice, a conscious decision to come here and to sit and to listen for impartation of God's word so that it will bring revelation into your situation. And see, if you get a hold of this, it will revolutionize your life. No one else is going to be to blame for the choice that God has given you because it is proprietary to you. Okay, so choices are not only proprietary, belong entirely to you. Sometimes choices, I always get the tough stuff. Well, you choose it. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> choices, that's right. You made the choice. Choices are also Own it. painful. <laughs> there are just some choices that are painful. I mean, you talked about some there when different things happen, people yeah. leave, all these things. Joel 3.14 says this, Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. I love that scripture. That's a good one for y'all to memorize. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Multitudes. I um, ran across this guy online. Who's, he's a rabbi, a messianic rabbi. His name is Felix Halprin. And he had um, last year sometime a near-death experience. Something happened with his heart, a heart procedure, and he died. And he went to heaven. And so while at heaven, he had a conversation with the Lord 
And there were several things that he told, but one thing in his testimony stood out so much to me. He said the Lord told him that the year 2023, he used the Jewish year, I think it's 5783, I'm, I'm thinking. But the year 2023 was going to be a year of choices, decisions. And the decisions that people make in 2023, they will realize the consequences of those decisions in 2024. I thought, wow. Just, but see, isn't that funny? Just hearing that, all of a sudden it brings people into an awareness of what am I choosing right now? The fact of the matter is every choice you make every day is a choice that has consequences, good or bad. Painful choices many times are the ones that we struggle with the most. That Because our adversary, he persuades and he tempts and he challenges. And are there victims to choices? You just said that. Children. In this scripture, in the book of Ruth, there are two children, right? Malon and Chilion. They leave Moab with mom and dad. They don't have a choice, do they? They're just going along. They're just a part of the family. They just are along for the ride. The Bible says this. It's a proverb. You probably all know it. Train up a child, and when they are old, they will not Train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Now, how many of you only see that scripture on the positive side? It works both ways. Train up a child. That's what, that's, that's what happens. And so what we look at here, even in this scenario, we see at some point along the way, at some place, Malon and Chilean, they could have chose to go back. They could have chose something different. But the text goes on, and what did they do? They married Moabitess women. They doubled down. See, that's how, that's how generational things go. generational choice we like to say curses but what if we that just sounds so ugly doesn't it generational choices somebody you know mom or daddy made a choice and they lived that out and then that choice is handed on to Susie and Johnny and it's normalized in their situation and they live that out, and they just continue to chronically go on and on. And so these choices are often painful choices because sometimes we look at and we say, well, they had no choice, but ultimately everybody at some point has a choice. We have to find a faith response in every situation that we're in. Psalm 126 and 6 is another one of my favorite scriptures. It says something like this, They that go forth with weeping, bearing precious seed, will doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing their sheaves with them. What does that mean? They that go to and fro with weeping, bearing precious seed, will doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. That's where we got that song. Y'all didn't even know. So what is precious seed, pray tell? Is all seed precious? Well, mostly. But what specifically is precious seed? 
precious seed is the seed of a lean harvest. You see, when you, we're, this is an agrarian society. They bring in a harvest and it's a lean year. What do they have to do? First off, they've got to push seed back that they cannot grind into grain and bake into bread to fill bellies. Because if they do, what will they prove for the next year? Their, their leanness will go to nunness. So they that go forth with weeping, why are they weeping? Because they're sowing in a time of lack. They're sowing in a time of leanness. They're sowing in a time when sowing costs you something. They that go forth with weeping, bearing precious seed, will doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing sheaves with them. See, so many times, it's not in the time when it's easy that choices count, really, is it? I mean, they're good, but it's in those places where choices are painful that things really get down to the brass tacks. Will then, in a painful moment, when I know I've got to sow seed for the next harvest, and that means I've got to push it aside and say, we're not eating this seed. Do we let circumstance create God? He don't mind. You see how this works all together? Circumstance creating, dictating the choice. You see, it's easy when it's easy. Everybody knows if it's easy, it's easy for everybody. It's when it's hard. It's when it's precious seed. That's when it's putting the screws to you. How many of you ever had to live that out? But see, to not sow the precious seed, it just turns into one thing after another, and it gets tougher and tougher, and then people start blaming God, and they start saying he did this and he did that, but it's your choices all along the way. So we, we find out that I, re, I was thinking about when we were in a town a long time ago in a land far, far away. You know, this is all online. I can't just talk about people. So turn it off. We'll talk about everybody. But and then I can deny it, right? <laughs> Apparently, though, in the day we live in, you can have video and still deny it, right? Never mind. So, so anyway, I was thinking about a young man who was in the youth group. This is a church that you not only were the pastor, you were the youth pastor, right? So we were there. And this young man who lived in town, he started coming to our youth group. And, and you know, it was a small town. And, but, I mean, we had like 50 kids in youth group. Mike did youth on Wednesday nights, and he was a pastor on Sunday morning. He's good at both. You're good at everything you do. And then he, he was talking. This young man came in, and he was rough to like. You know what I'm talking about? Just a problem. Just always, just, just you know, you're trying to get, he's the one that's always constantly just bringing the whole room down all the time with his shenanigans. You know what I'm talking about, just that youth. And so we, we kept, he's kept coming in and coming in, and, and one night Mike gave his testimony about the life he came from. And this young man was there, and Mike got to talk to him. He said, I know. See, he was in a situation where his dad was an alcoholic, and he was heading down that path too. 
it was a, he kind of came from a very dysfunctional home and and mom and dad were always fighting and you know one leaving and the other one and just the kids are just always in the just a just turmoil in the house you know what I'm talking about and he was he was set his feet on that path too and Mike looked at him and he said you know you don't have to have it the same way he looked at him he said you can choose differently mm-hmm. tell him did and something dropped the spirit of god just illuminated him and he just took that in opened his heart to the word of god and to the power of salvation and he did a total transformation he not only transformed his life that day, he was so stalwart in his faith. Went from the worst kid in the youth group to the best. He worked at a place. He was, he was on my staff. He would come in at the end of the day and cry because he, was a, he wanted his, his dad and his sister to serve the Lord. And I said, just stay with it. Just stay with it. Today, his mom his dad, his sister, and he, they all serve the Lord. Yes. Now, this young man had some challenges later on in life, didn't he? Yeah. He had some hard things that he had to walk through. He lost we, a baby. He lost a baby, a twin. He had twins, and one of them died. And we followed that whole thing on Facebook. And to hear him going, and God is my refuge, and he is my strength, and I'm so thankful for the time that I have with my little guy. And just to hear the word of faith, how he was moving from strength to strength and and faith to faith and glory to glory, even in the midst of suffering, all because he made one painful choice. See, that's, and he changed, he saw this whole family revolutionized. And what we see here in this text is we are looking in this text, and I'm going to move fast now, right? (laughs) We're seeing here that we have, we have Orpah, we have Ruth, and we have Naomi. And they're heading out of Moab, 75-mile trek, three women, no Uber, They're just hoofing it. This has got to be dangerous, right? Three women going to walk 75 miles. And Naomi's just shaking her head. She's trying to pick out her perfect name when she gets back in town. I think she's already come up with it. Naomi Namara. That's who I'm going to be. I'm going to change my name to Mara. We all know a Bible changes names all the time for the better, don't we? We're seeing a change the name for the worst here. And so we're seeing them. And then she's just going, I just picture it this way. They walk through a town in Moab and all the hustle and bustle and the market. They're watching Naomi. I think some of it, she don't want to come dragging up her souvenirs from Moab too. Don't you? And so she's got these daughter-in-laws. They're going and she's going back. And so finally she stops and she says, okay, girls, here's the deal. There's not, you, I'm hopeless. I'm old. I don't have a husband. And even if I had, if I could find the first husband to come along and I was able to conceive a child and it would be a son. And then that son would have to grow up because this was part of their law. Would you, then you could have, you couldn't wait that long for a husband. She said, look at me. I'm a hopeless situation. There's nothing here but 
lost. I'm, I'm, everything I touch, I have the opposite of the Midas touch. Everything I touch turns to ash. You've got to go back, go back. And you know what it says? They both whelp. Orpah whelp and Ruth whelp. They cried. They said, no. They hugged her. No. We want to go with you. We want to go with you. We're on the brink of a painful choice. We want to go. No, go back. Go back. And I can just see in my mind the picture unfolding. You know, what's funny about this whole thing, there's three of them. Two of them are going back. One of them to hope and the other to hopelessness. But the whole thing gets messed up. We look at it, we think that as Orpah decides to go back, she's going back to what? What? Well, heard it. Hope. Hope. Oh, you have the answers. <laughs> she, Orpah is going back to hope, right? Because that's what Nate, see, forget you know the story. This is where it's hard for you reading the Bible. Forget you, you don't know the story. If you know the story, this is not a painful choice. You've got to forget you know the future. This will help you when you're making painful choices. You don't know the future. Here she is, right there. Naomi, go back. There's no hope here. I'm hopeless. So Orpah turns around and she heads to Moab in the direction of hope. Or is it? Ruth, on the other hand, she turns toward Naomi hopelessness and she grabs hold of hopelessness and I and says and gives that famous speech where you go I go where you lodge I lodge where you die I die and there will be nothing but death that will separate me from you and I believe at that moment not a more powerful choice has ever been made in the midst of such bleak hopelessness and I know heaven just stood up to attention and the hand of destiny reached in to obscurity and wrote her name on the annals of history because she made a choice that no one had ever made before and I'm telling you tonight if you could just figure out how to get that coin out of your pocket called choice and when you're facing a situation that looks hopelessness slap down a faith response of faith and watch it turn watch hopelessness turn to hope and hope turn to hopelessness right before your very eyes God just looking he's looking for somebody who will do something with a faith response instead of a bunch of circumstantial evidence earthly dwellers who just follow the crowd Choice is proprietary. Choice sometimes can be painful. Ruth had to make a painful choice. 
She didn't have the outcome. She didn't know what was going to happen. But seeing, she had something there that day that we need to pick up on. See, because vacillation is the devil's playground. Let me say it again. Vacillation is the devil's playground. If he can get you to, as James says, a double-minded man is unstable, is, can't be settled, is slipping away. You know what that double-minded? It's interesting. Sometimes I get a, a laugh as I study these words. It means literally that you are a spiritual schizophrenic. You have two selves, two souls, two minds, two, I'm in, and it's all referring to having one foot in and one foot out. It's trying to parallel, it's trying to, it's trying to walk in two kingdoms at one time. It's trying to walk in the kingdom of darkness at the same time you're walking into the kingdom of light. You say, oh preacher, I don't do that. Well, let me ask you this, do we complain or profess the promises? Do we kiss and go back to what looks more hopeful, or do we cling? You know what the word cling means? It means bone to flesh. It means hand to sword. It, it literally means uh, a, a scales to a fish. That's how closely that, that Naomi had clung. And I want you to know that there is something that the devil cannot deal with, and Naomi stopped arguing with Ruth when she discovered that Naomi had made up her mind. See, that's when, that is when choice becomes powerful. It, it may be painful, but it's, it becomes powerful. And you can throw a child of God in the, in the lion's den full of hungry lions, and we know they were hungry because after Daniel came out, they threw the ones in that threw him in, and they were devoured by those lions. The, the, you can take a child of God and throw them in a lion's den and they, they come out on the other side and, and, and maybe sleeping or napping on the line. I don't know what it looked like. I don't believe that Daniel was currying in the corner. I believe he was still praying because that's what brought him in there. Why don't you keep doing that? If that's what puts you in there, keep doing what you've been doing. Amen? Just keep praying. I just love how, how that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they declared to Nebuchadnezzar and said, Look, our God's able. He's able, but be it known to the king today, no disrespect, I'm still not bound to that image. I'm not changing who I am to suit you or anybody else. I am not going to be something other than what God told me I am. Amen? See, because when we make up our mind, things begin to happen. Change begins. She made a seven-fold seven decision. She said, I'm all in. I'm going to go where you go. I'm going to stay where you stay. She said, your people are going to be my people. What does she mean by that statement? She meant, I'm not going to live in my culture anymore. I'm going to live in your culture. The new family dynamic. I'm not going to live like I have been living. The most powerful part of that sevenfold statement was, your God is going to be my God. Jehovah is my God. See, Naomi said, you need to go back to your God. She's like, no, I'm not doing that. See, we don't, we don't find Naomi at her best. Let's don't, let, we don't find her at her best situation. And if you live long enough, you're going to discover the worst version of yourself somewhere along the way. <laughs> and sometimes other people will be acquainted with the worst version of yourself. 
unfortunately. Let's give them a, a little, bit of, little bit of grace, okay? Because they don't always mean what they say. Sometimes it just comes out, or maybe they do. They just couldn't hold it back in that moment. But here's Naomi. And all we have is the text to go with. And we see the shortcomings of Naomi. And we see the loss of Naomi. And we just see the, the fact that, yes, even after her, her husband died, she still didn't go, out, go back to Moab or go back to Israel immediately or to Judah. And we see that she was the one there probably fixing her, her daughter's hairs and putting the hoop up and, 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 and doing the marriage of, uh, covenant with, the, with her daughter-in-laws. And even after her sons die, it's not till then we discover that she has no provision in Moab that she decides, i got to go back. You girls stay here, I'm going back. I'm, I'm heading over here. But see, would you have a Ruth without a Naomi? Or would you have a Naomi without a Ruth? What, it, they, they go together, don't they? They, they fit seamlessly together in the pages of history and I don't know that we would know either one of them if you didn't have one without the other but see Ruth got to the place where she just said I'm going where you're going and Naomi stopped arguing with her anybody who lived with a hard head it is one of my greatest defenses it could be my greatest strength and can it be my greatest weakness? I have a skull about that thick. No, no, no. That's why my head's so big, see? But what we see is, see, the devil can't make, he, he doesn't know what to do with you when you make up your mind. When you finally make up your mind, I'm living for God, I'm not turning back. It doesn't matter what happens and what comes my way, I'm not leaving this. There is too much. That he's already done too much for me. And, and if I don't believe it, I just got to go to the Word. And I just got to look back and start and sit down and think for just a minute how good the goodness of my God is. How wonderful He is. Even my empty is full. And when I get to that place, when I, when I get to that place of, of discovery, I've made up my mind in church, I just feel an urgency in the hour that we're living. It's, it's time to make up our mind. We can't live in two kingdoms. We can't live in the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. You don't want to show up when the Spirit of God's already been poured out and say, oh, I'm here. Revival. You need to do it this way, that way, and that way. And you had nothing to do with it until you showed up. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? You work and you work and you work and you work and you work. And it's like her, uh, my father-in-law used to come in and my mother-in-law would go to the grocery store, buy the groceries. She'd cut up the chicken. She would flour the chicken. She would, she, would, she would get all the meal ready. He would walk by and taste it, throw a little dash of salt and say, look at the meal I've just made. <laughs> come on. I'm not, I'm not looking for credit for anything. Don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say. What I'm telling you is that the Spirit of the Lord is going to pour out in this place, and I want to be on the front end of it. I want to be on the front end of it. I want to be like William Seymour whenever, they, whenever the Spirit of God poured out upon him. John G. Lake testified, said he was a man who had prayed so many hours and sought for the Spirit of God, and when the Spirit was poured out upon him, he said there was more glory that rested upon him. Why? Because he made more room for the the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen? 
I want this house filled on Wednesday night, Sunday morning. I want prayer going on continuously. I want to see the glory of God rest where you have an outpouring on, on Sunday and people can't wait to get to church on Wednesday. I mean, I want to see the glory of God resting on a people. But it's going to take some made-up minds. See, the Lord told me years ago, he said, no man, son, he said, no man can stand before you all the days of your life. No one. No one can stop you because I'm living on the inside of you. No one can stop you because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And when we discover that, that we don't draw from our, our, our heritage and our history anymore and our habits, we form new habits because we are establishing a new harvest for a new future. Amen? Amen. And the, the harvest I'm reaping today is a result of the seeds I sowed yesterday. Precious, Precious seeds. But see, if you'll keep sowing, you've got to have a vision for your children. You've got to keep sowing. You've got to keep sowing when you don't want to sow. You've got to keep going when you don't want to go. You've got to make up your mind. I'm all in. I'm all into this thing. There's no turning back. And if the Lord delivers me, then great. But even if he doesn't, I'm not bowing. I'm not going to bow to the enemy. Lord, you can have it all. And the further I get in God, the more I want to give him. The more of me, more of God, and less of me. See, it's time to make up your mind. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. You make up your mind, as for you and your house, we're going to serve the Lord. Get, just make up your mind. I am not giving up my children to the devil for one minute. And this is what I know as a parent. My kids are only going to start at, at the place that I bring them in. You see? See, if I, if, I, if I live half-heartedly, then that's the starting point that I'm passing on to them. But if I go all in, all out, all the time, then things begin to transform in your children's, in the future, in the generation ahead of you. Mom and daddies don't give up. Grandparents don't give up. Maybe there's situations you're facing right now. It's no time to give up. As Elijah asked those that were gathered that day, Israel, covenant people of God, how long will you falter between two decisions? How long if Baal, if the, if the gods of this world, I'm telling you right now, if the gods of this world are really your provider and that you don't have, and it's giving you all the joy and the hope and the fulfillment and the strength, then by all means go serve those gods. But if you know full well that at the end of the day, no matter how full your bank account is, no matter how full your belly is, whether you've got provision for weeks on end, and you still feel absolutely empty, then I say to you, forsake that and go after God. Amen? Amen. Go after the Lord because it is time. See, choice is powerful. When you get to that place, devil doesn't even know what to do with you anymore. You confuse the confuser. Throw you in the middle of, of the prison and the Lord will shake the foundations loose and set you free. And everybody around you. See, indecision is still a decision. You've just decided not to do anything. You know, we always say, taste and see, for the Lord is good. 
he tastes us as well. Either hot or you're cold. But if you're lukewarm, not to his taste. Amen? Can you hear the message of the Spirit? It's time to choose. Time to choose. Just make up your mind. Just make up your mind. Let it be a faith response to God, and you'll discover a grace response from God. A faith response to God brings a grace response from God. That's how we walk in faith. We trust in Him. Just make up your mind. Some of you are in valleys right now. Some of you are going through some very dark times. What I'm encouraging you to do is keep your hand in the hand of the Lord and let Him keep guiding you through that. Amen? But just go ahead and make up your mind. Just cleave. Make it as hard to, as it would be to scale a fish, your attachment to God. She said, Naomi, old woman, listen to me. I think that was kind of the tone. There was a hard-headed woman named Ruth, and she said, I have made up my mind. Where you stay, I'm going to stay. Where you live, I'm going to live. Where you die, I'm going to die, and they're going to bury me right next to you. And I make a covenant, not just with you, but I'm making a vow before God, Jehovah. If this doesn't happen, then the Lord do more than kill me, torture me if need be, but Lord, I am going with you. Naomi just said, shut up and come on then. No, Naomi just shut up and they went on. Wasn't it amazing that Ruth, Ruth's faith in God. See, because Naomi, we don't catch her at her best moment. But there had to be some influential moments in that relationship. I, I think it was more than duty and obligation. I believe it was a relationship that was there. And somehow, some way, she saw what true worship looked like. And Naomi. And she followed her to an unknown where she would be the out the foreigner. Where she would be the one who potentially could have been marginalized. She didn't know what she was stepping into when she stepped in there. And that's where we'll pick up next week. Would you stand with me tonight? Father, we love you and we praise you. And Lord, we ask tonight. God, for mercy and grace. Mercy and grace. Let me, let me leave you with this thought. Because circumstance is a manipulator. What I mean by that is manipulator is only interested in benefiting themselves. See, the devil's a manipulator. He's not interested in you. He wants, to, he wants to use manipulation to benefit himself, and which, which is to hurt the heart of God by afflicting pain upon you, by getting you to doubt that God loves you. See, when we find ourselves in those places, 
We just have to determine that, look, I'm not, I'm not going to give the devil any glorification in this. I'm just going to trust God. I don't know, Lord, how you do what you do, but Lord, just do what you do. Lord, I don't have to have the answers, Lord. I just, all I have to do is trust you. And Lord, I trust you. I honestly do not. Don't come to me expecting me to have all the answers. If I can't find it in the Word, I can't tell you. And even then, I don't really know a lot of the reasons why things happen the way they happen. But I trust Him. I trust Him because I know Him. All the Lord is asking you to do is just trust Him. And you trust Him by just making up your mind. I'm not going back. I'm not turning around. I'm not giving up. I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep trusting. Just lift your hands and surrender. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus right now, we just surrender. We surrender. Lord, we, we see the power in choice tonight. We see, Lord, that sometimes choice is painful. The Lord, that it, it's painful to leave what we, what we know to go into a place that we don't know. To leave what we have seen to a place that we have never seen. To go into a different culture, a different place, a different mindset, Lord God. But Lord, we see that the choice is ours. And that we have the power to choose. Church, hear me tonight. You have the power to choose. And God will help you. Lord, I pray right now, blessing over your children. And Lord, comfort them, Lord God. Those that are in the valleys, those that are starting the journey, those that have been on the journey a long time, those that are faced with uncertain circumstances, Lord God, uncertain futures, I should say. Lord, help them tonight in Jesus' name. And we thank you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Would you guys cut the live stream for me? Um, I want to end this service.